welcome to BO Boys for Wednesday, December 9th. I'm, oh wait, I, it's a raw feed, fuck it, we're doing it live, I'm Clayton. I'm Pat, wow. Yeah, I muffed that one. Wow, you muffed it the way HBO is muffing their theatrical and streaming services, huh? Well, that's to be seen, but... I think we've seen it. I think we I think can... the results are in. The results are in, really? I think so. All legal votes counted? Yes. Yes. Don't I think stop the count now. We, we've got enough we've got enough data. You've got so enough data to say that HBO Max is streaming idea or experiment. Yeah. yeah. Is, is a failure. failure. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Stop the count, stop the data. Results are in. I've seen enough. HBO, Warner Brothers' decision to put all of their 2021 theatrical on HBO Max. It failed, and it's over. Wow. Okay, so let's put a pin in that uh, explosive statement, because let's just rip through this top five real fast. Sure. This is for December 4th to the 6th. The Crude's a New Age, still on top. $4.4 $4.4 million, a drop of about 50%, mm-hmm. and it's at 20.3 cum in two weeks. So, well, you know what that means. Uh, that means we need to clap for the crudes. If you're a wannabe old boy, wannabe old girl, wannabe old person, and you're home listening, join in. You could do this at home. Join in and start clapping for the crudes new age right now. We'll give you a couple of seconds now so we all we will all clap together. And here we go. Great. Great. I apologize my clapping was muted because I'm wearing gloves. It's still clapping. And I like that we had two we didn't even plan this. It's a raw feed, but we had two distinct clapping sounds. You know, yeah, that makes I, it easier for the for people to differentiate. Yes. The level of enthusiasm. Yes. It's like, okay, I could hear Pat is clapping for Crude's New Age, and I could differentiate that's Clayton clapping for Crude's New Age. And then you at home, you know the sound of your own clapping. So I think that I think this works out great. What if you don't? What if you hear one of our claps and you th- you can't differentiate it from your own? Is that time to go to see a doctor? Oh, I could see that. I'm sure there's some kind of disorder. It's like, you know, clapferentia or something like that where you can't differentiate clapping sounds. Yeah. You think yeah, you're I, you think the sound of someone else clapping is you clapping. Mhm. Mhm. Right. Oh my god. And that I mean, right now it's not an issue because, you know, we're not supposed to go anywhere, but that person at a sporting event it must just be a, a total nightmare. But at least that's when you know something's wrong. Now, do you think that this happens even if they're not clapping? Because the issue with this would be if you're clapping and you mm-hmm. think the sound of someone else clapping is your clapping, it doesn't matter because the sentiment is there that you want to clap. Right. But if right. you start hearing clapping and you think that's me clapping mm-hmm. and you're not clapping, that's when the mind fuck happens. Yes. Yeah, that's when we get yeah, that's when you get a lot of a lot of full-on breakdowns. So I, mean, that's, I hope 
hopefully we're doing some good in bringing this issue out with our clapping for when movies hit 20 million at the domestic box office. Yes, we're shining a light where there mm-hmm. was no light before. Mm-hmm. And speaking of shining a light, Crude's New Age, listen, $20 million in two weeks is, you know, laughable back in olden times. Mm-hmm. But now this is pretty spectacular. It held on for, you know, half of what it made the first weekend. Mm-hmm. It's pretty good. This is pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I was hoping. I think last week I predicted the over. We did an over under on five million for the weekend for the second weekend, and I I thought it would hit five. But let's be honest, that was me being more hopeful than it was logical. You know, if I had money on the line, I would have probably said under five. Mm-hmm. Um, but you look at this four point four. Again, this is the second weekend. And for a long time, the ceiling had become, for a movie opening number one in this modern box office, the ceiling had become $4 million. Mm-hmm. You know, Honest Thief, Unhinged, uh, Come Play, Let Him Go. All these movies would open number one at around $4 million. So for Crude's New Age to be topping $4 million in Weekend 2 is a big deal. Oh yeah, this is this is very exciting for theatrical. There's not much to be excited about, um, which we'll get to. But you know, Universal w- 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 was the big enemy mm-hmm. when this whole coronavirus first started, mm-hmm. because they wanted to shorten the window and you know w- w- go back to our old episodes. That we talked about this, how AMC was puffing out their chest and say they're not going to play them, not going to play these Universal movies. Now they're like conquering heroes because they are yeah. giving consistent product to theatrical, mm-hmm. and they have shortened the window to 17 days, but it's paying off because number two is a focus features film, which is also Universal. Mm-hmm. And then we have number three is also universal. So these movies, and number four is universal. Top four are all universal. And then when you look through the top ten, there are an additional two universal releases. So there are six out of the top ten movies this week come from Universal Studios, and, and not 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 re-releases. These are twenty nineteen. What year are we in? Twenty twenty releases yeah and and three of those films are already available on pvod Mm -hmm. so it's very interesting to see how that has changed and how you can move you can move so far in one direction and it's now okay but to go hbo max is to go full-on lunacy right yeah i mean you know, we're going to spend most of the show after we get through this top 10 talking about, you know, the Time Warner HBO situation. But Universal, and I said this, go back and listen to the archives, listen to those old episodes. I was all for Universal and the shrinkage of the window. And I think this this is the model. This is the model. Put these movies in theaters. 
get what you can out of those first few weekends and then it's there on PVOD or your streamer, however you want to get it to people at home. And yeah. it's working because people who want to go, they get those couple of weeks where that's the only option and you just milk that theatrical money. Yeah, and if and the thing is if it's if something is a huge hit, then you know, maybe flex that window a little bit. Don't like you can do the 17 day that's mm-hmm. available to you. But if something's really, you know, doing real well at the box office, maybe extend that that window. Yes. You edge them a little bit. Yeah, you don't because people want it even more. When by the time it gets if you edge that window a little bit cuz it's such a big hit, a couple of weeks later, when it gets to PVOD, uh, people are going to be freaking out. I mean, that's the thing with Crude's New Age. This is a hit. Everyone's talking about what a hit it is. The B.O. Boys are now on their second straight episode praising Crude's New Age. So by the time this gets to PVOD on Christmas Day, people are going to be ready for it. They're going to be they're going to be bursting for these Crudes. And it's a Christmas release. Yep. So who doesn't want a release on Christmas? Yes. Yes. You're going to have all these families getting a Christmas release together thanks to Crude's New Age. And they're going to love it. They're going to love it. So let's get to number two. Okay. A movie called Half Brothers made Mm -hmm. $700,000 in 1,369 theaters. Mm-hmm. So this is a movie. It's a comedy. It's a fish out of water comedy, right? Mm-hmm. Where a um um a, a, a gentleman from Mexico leaves his family, moves to America, and meets up with his eventually meets up with his goofy American brother that he didn't mm-hmm. know he had. Mm-hmm. So fun fish out of water sort of film. You know, this is the kind of thing kind of came out of nowhere. We we didn't even this wasn't even on our radar. No, it got past us. Which if you get past us, you're really not. I guess not. I I was gonna say doing something right, but I guess you're doing something wrong because you want us to know about it. But whatever. If we don't know about it, then who knows about it? But it seems like a good amount of people do because mm-hmm. you know it's not. It didn't break a million, but it's a comedy. It's a comedy yep. in the theaters right now. It doesn't mm-hmm. have any well-known stars. And, you know, it made $700,000. So this is interesting. So, I mean, this that's more money. That's good theatrical money for this time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then it's going to go to PVOD. And I bet you it'll be probably a pretty good hit there because I think comedies do better on PVOD than they do in the theater. Yeah, you got a bunch of people get to watch it together in their, you know, quarantine clusters. They laugh together. Yeah, and this is... This is the type of movie, and I'm. we've got to look, you know, maybe I'll, I'll look at some point, see who the stars of this are. But, you know, I could see this movie breaking some actors, you know, like a high concept comedy that gets opens number two in the box office, goes straight to VOD a couple of weeks later. You know, this is going to be the type of movie that might set these actors up to be box office players down the road. I mean, that's the. Ba- I mean, that's always the hope. It's the hope, but I, I mean, I, I don't see it with this one. 
I just don't I just don't know these actors well enough. So Luis Gerardo Mendez and Connor Del Rio. I, I think you might be seeing more out of them because, you know, again, in a comedy, these are then the type of actors that a year later maybe they pop up as Will Ferrell's friends in a Will Ferrell straight tip PVOD, let's be honest. Well, Netflix but, film probably. Right, right. Right. That's like the he, thing. Will Ferrell he, just did Eurovision. You know, maybe he does Eurovision too, and these actors from Half Brothers are they're playing singers in it or something. Well, so I'm so, just spitballing here. Yeah, but that's the thing is like what you're explaining is that they're gonna then just do streaming films. Well, I mean that's that's what it is right now. And I think for comedy, that's what it is. Here's something. This is gonna be you know, I know Freaky opened at number one, and Freaky is sort of a comedy, but I can't, you know, we saw it. There were not, you know, not many laughs in Freaky. No. And this is going to be, well, I guess War with Grandpa was a big hit. Obviously, open number one stayed there. So, I mean, in some ways, comedy's back in the pandemic. Comedies are opening up higher than they would pre-pandemic. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird that comedies would do well in theaters uh, during a pandemic because of the amount of having to open your mouth, right? And guffaw. It right. seems to be one of the most dangerous things you can do. <clears throat> Fuck it. It's raw Keeping feet. them in. Keeping those gurgles in. Yeah. So it's one of the most dangerous things you can do as a patron in a in a in a movie theater during a pandemic. Yeah. Yeah, I I wonder if, you know, again, we haven't been to theaters in a while, you know, since the pandemic. I wonder if there are warnings stated, you know, like signage when you walk in to see a comedy that says, you know, this is a uh, maybe there's like color scales for like danger. You know, this is a, a, a code orange movie because there are laughs in it. So, you know, War with Grandpa is more dangerous than Honest Thief. Because Honest Thief, you're pretty much, other than you're eating, you're keeping your mouth closed. Maybe you, uh, you know, you wouldn't even scream in that. So I would say, like, comedies are code orange. That's the most dangerous. Because if it's hilarious, like The War with Grandpa, you're going to laugh a lot. Horror movies are what? Those are probably next in terms of the danger code. Those well, is Code a, Orange the worst? The most yeah, dangerous? So wouldn't it be like Code red. red or something? We're not using Red. Well, the thing is, here's the thing. The theaters, they've got their danger code. But they don't really want to alarm anyone. So they're not using Red. Well, then they tie it into Snacks. They're like, this is Code mm. Orange Crush. Yes. Yes. And then next, this would is be, Code Mountain Dew Blue Blue Icicle or whatever. Right, that's great. See, this is this is the kind of thing that both in lightly informs. Because if you're a movie theater, you don't want to fully inform. You want to lightly inform, and you always want to be selling. Yeah. So you do your danger code at the front of the movies. You know, comedies highest. Those are Orange Crush. Horror movies are, um, you know, Green Goobers, something like that. Red Vines. 
red vines. Uh, yeah, you still want to stay away from red, though, because you never want to make them think they're actually in danger. Yeah. But the red vines is just sitting there. That is good. But, yeah, Half Brothers is probably a code orange crush then because you're going to laugh. You're going to open your mouth, spread some stuff. But you got to have a sign that says, you know, please, please um, refrain from guffawing. Please Mm -hmm. keep your laughs to a chuckle or a titter or a polite. Yeah. A polite chortle. Yeah. Yeah. If you have to laugh, laugh into your sleeve. Well, that's the big one. Because, I mean, listen, we haven't seen it yet, but I'm assuming War with Grandpa, the guffaws are going to be undeniable. Uh You're not going to be able to not guffaw at the War with Grandpa. So in that situation, yeah, I think the best advice is to cover your guffaws with your sleeve, with your jacket, you know, with your hands. But then you have to, you know, wash your hands right after you guffaw. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that'll go for half brothers. I mean, I watched the trailer and there's some funny stuff. You know, one of the half brothers is running around with, it looks like a stolen goat. I don't think it's his goat. It seems like it's a goat that is sought after by others. That's fine. Yeah. So I assume in that moment, you're going to have to guffaw and I would just hope you do it into your sleeve this weekend. We'll we'll see how Half Brothers does going forward, how well it holds. I don't have much hope for it, but, you know, good for it now. Yeah. Maybe I'll check it out when it doesn't go to PVOD, but when it goes to a streamer. Definitely this Mm -hmm. is a wait for a streamer situation for me. Mm -hmm. But anything that does well at the box office, we need to be excited for. Yeah. I mean, I'll be excited next weekend. It should crack a million total if it made 700000 this weekend. It'll hit that magic million mark, which is something. Yeah, that's not bad. So number three, Freaky, $476,000, down 40.7%. It's losing mm-hmm. theaters, obviously, because it is available on PVOD. Cume, mm-hmm. 7.7. Pretty disappointing, actually, for this film, I would say. That's kind of a disappointing Cume for a movie with a... With a really great premise that surprised nobody thought of before. And, yep. I, you know, as much as he's not as big of a star as he was, Vince Vaughn definitely still has drawing power for, for a segment of people. And he's one of the bigger stars to come out with a film during this pandemic. Yeah, I mean, if you really think about the, the stars of our pandemic movie season, because it's like, Russell Crowe. the biggest, right, Russell Crowe, who was at his height a much bigger star than Vince Vaughn was in the sense that he won the Oscar and was prestige, though they were comparable because Vince Vaughn's B.O. Was huge. Was huge. Like, other than Gladiator and probably a a couple other movies, like, Russell Crowe doesn't have as many hits as Vince Vaughn did in Vince Vaughn's uh, streak. No, Vaughn, when you put Vince Vaughn in a comedy, that's almost, that was almost a guaranteed 100 mil. Right. You had the breakup. You had old school. You had, um, what were other his big ones? Wedding Crashers, um, bro. Wedding Crashers, of course, the biggest. So, yeah, he, I would say, is at least as big of a star as Russell Crowe and is definitely more current. I know Vince Vaughn hasn't been a star in a while, but it seems like he's 
his peak, you know, couples retreat was, was still more recent than Russell Crowe's peak. True. Um, and then you've got like Tenant was the biggest, you know, release of the pandemic age so far, but it it has no stars. No minted stars at this point now. No. Um, and then, you know, War with Grandpa, of course, Robert De Niro is the long term the biggest star of any of these people, but modern box office, you know, not huge anymore. Let him go. Kevin Costner is a TV star now. Um, but he was honest, a gigantic movie star. He was a gigantic movie star. So, yeah, there are stars. I guess Vince Vaughn is in that. I mean, basically what we're looking at is the pandemic stars are mostly the big male stars of a previous era who are not nearly as big as they used to be. That's basically who's headlining these pandemic movies. Yeah. And I mean, Russell Crowe, I think, has trumped them all because Unhinged continuously brought people in. If any movie made people feel safe to come back to the theater, it was Unhinged. Yes. It was not Tenet. It was Unhinged. No. I mean, we used to call Unhinged back in the day. We thought it would be the canary in the coal mine leading its way for the tenants of the world. And, uh, I mean, Unhinged was the coal, I guess. Unhinged was why the mine existed. Tenet turned out to be the canary because it died and everybody fled yes yes which we'll we'll talk about that uh once we get back to the warner brothers hbo max stories um so yeah freaky back to freaky coming in at what is this number three i mean the other thing about freaky is yeah it's on pvod now i'm looking at an article by our boy scott mendelson legacy box office writer at forbes and he is saying Freaky is tearing it up on the VOD charts. Which um, makes sense. You know, it's top of the charts on Fandango, on Voodoo, on Amazon, uh, ninth on Google, which, and then it's, uh, you know, tops over at iTunes. So it's it's definitely making a lot of money on PVOD. But which, when you yeah, say that, ninth, when you say ninth on Google, remember that this is a 1999 rental. So a a lot of people might, depending on who uses Google Play, they might be renting or buying less pricey films. Like ahead of it are movies like The Grinch and National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, which I think we could safely assume do not cost $20. Those are probably like $2 rentals instead of old titles. Price points are way lower. Right. So it's definitely making, I would say on all of these VOD charts, it is making the most money this weekend out of anything. Sure. By far. Sure. 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 Um, but yeah, I mean, Freaky is, you know, listen, we both paid for it. We The B.O. Boys added $40 this weekend to the Freaky till. Yes. Um, you know, we're not a movie review show. We're a box office show, a numbers show. Just all I'll say is disappointing. Quality yes, we wise, disappointing. Greatly disappointed. Yeah. And that may be the reason that it didn't, at least on a pandemic level, break out at the box office is the word of mouth I could see now was probably not that great for this movie. Yeah. And that, that led to people kind of skipping it. Yeah. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. So 
Let's go to number four, All mm. My Life, $370,000 in only 970 theaters. Mm-hmm. Universal Pictures. Now, this is a, a drom-com, I guess you could say. It's dramatic yeah. com, rom-com. So, uh, did I just make that up? Dromcom? I've never heard Dromcom before. And, it's a and dramatic drom- romantic comedy. Yeah, and drom Dromcom. I know you're using drom for drama. It also makes me think dra- like dramamine, like like it's like it's gonna uh, induce sleep. Dramamine is for sickness. Dramamine. Oh wait, dramamine. Yeah, but it makes you sleepy. It can't. Dramamine is like like Robitussin, right? Is that Dramamine? No. Dramamine is like if you get sick on a boat or a plane, you take Dramamine. Oh, okay. And it can make you, you – you're not supposed to, you know, um, use heavy machinery when you take it. Right, right. But I know what you mean. You're thinking of like Pepto or something like that. Yes, yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's – we watched the trailer for this movie – and it seemed kind of like a bummer. Like it starts off as a peppy, like two, you know, younger, hot people falling in love. And then one of them gets sick. And, you know, it starts Harry Chum Jr. and Jessica Roth. Yeah, Jessica Roth from Happy Death Day. And it just seemed a little like a bummer, especially in a year when everyone is just consistently bummed. Yeah, nobody wants to see somebody become sick unexpectedly, especially a young person. Yeah, especially not now. You know, like a movie like All My Life, where you're watching a a young hot person get sick and another young hot person deal with that. Like, if we're talking the booming 90s, you know, if this is the, the Clinton era... When we're all high on the hog, we all got that internet money. Sure, I might need something to like counterbalance that with. Yes, you know, like a good keep drum-com. us grounded. Yep. So, like a good dramcom in the in the nineties makes sense because our day to day lives are just filled with you know IPOs. Mm-hmm. But the pandemic year. Our day-to-day lives are misery and staring at a wall. So I don't want to see Jessica Roth from Happy Death Day be sad now. No. Yeah, it's... it's. But, again, here's the thing. This is universal. They're Mm -hmm. giving theaters something. It's a warm film. It's a warm Mm -hmm. body that could be thrown into the theaters... And maybe make a little bit of scratch. Now, are they disappointed with how much money this made? Probably. But mm. when you look at the theater, the the average, it's $381 uh, per theater. Freaky's lower than that. Half Brothers mm. is only a little bit more than that. Mm-hmm. So it's not terrible. But, you know, Universal's doing their job to try and keep theatrical with something new mm-hmm. and good for them right you know i i mean listen universal any movie they're putting out there now any new movie 
they're helping these theaters. You know, even something like All My Life at that low box office number, it sold some popcorn this weekend. Mm-hmm. You know, there there were the Happy Death Day fans who would see anything Jessica Roth is in, so they went to see this. And those people bought some popcorn that they wouldn't have bought otherwise. Yeah, they the theater average should not be how much ticket sales. It should be how much snack sales. Yes, I... I mean, listen, I always wished that we had access to those numbers. I would love to see the concession sales per movie every weekend. Because I think some, that would be great. Some movies, it's worth keeping in the theater, even if the box office, like ticket sales aren't high, because the people who go see the movie is going are going they whatever demographic they are might pay for more popcorn might buy more snacks might buy more expensive snacks right that's very interesting because not all movies are going to be created equal in that way different audiences will have different eating habits mhm you know so you get a movie that you know not to to uh stereotype but a movie that plays well to the stacks rather than to the the coastal cities you know you got to stack some movie like a let him go that might sell more popcorn more goobers more you know uh yellow uh uh liquid cheese nachos than a you know an oscar type movie that's mainly playing to the coast rather than to the earth dogs to the stacks dwellers um to the plain billies so if Box Office Mojo wants to get us back, get everybody back. Mm-hmm. And we know they couldn't even during the beginning of the pandemic pick up a phone and call a drive-in. So this is going to be a lot to ask from them. Mm-hmm. But get these snack average numbers. Mm-hmm. Throw them on your top 10. And now we're cooking with gas. Mm-hmm. Now, now this is a whole new era of box yep. office mojo. But they'll never do it. They're too fucking never lazy. Do they don't even know who to call to get this done. No. No. They'll 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 be calling up Orville Redenbacher's hotline and he'll be like, this is just if you have a problem with your, your bag of popcorn, if it explodes in the microwave and you're injured, you call us. But and, don't and, don't call us asking about uh how much popcorn someone ate at war with grandpa. We don't know that. It's a long call. The, yeah. the, the the operator stayed on way longer than you would expect. And and the thing with this is you may be able to get an accurate, more accurate number now for this sort of thing because with the advent of booking tickets ahead of time mm-hmm. and with the no hands sort of policy at a lot of places, they they gave you, even before the pandemic, they gave you an option of pre-ordering food. Yes. For yes. our AMC A list, we could pre-order food and have it ready for us when we got there. Which, by the way, great service, AMC. I miss it so much. But that could then, if I bought my ticket with that, and then I buy my popcorn and my pretzel bites with that, they can see what movie I went to and how much I spent on snacks. So that yep. can be added. I, that's the kind of information I don't mind you sharing about me. No, no. I'm glad they have all that. You know, people complain all the time about too much of our information is out there. I say, I'm glad you know the amount of popcorn I ate 
at uh, Freaky because I want that to be tabulated with everyone else's popcorn. I want to know the full domestic popcorn gross for all of these movies. Yeah, and you know what they could do? They could have a gluttons club. Mm-hmm. And what you get with a gluttons club is if you eat, if you buy the most snacks, you get points. Yes. Or you get prizes, or you get crowns, or you get virtual like emojis or something that you're you're like a guy, a big guy with a huge head eating popcorn. Right. Or you get leftovers. You know, you just straight up get extra food. Yeah. So not like not like you don't get a box of 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 Mike and Ike's that are that are that are new. You get a, an opened box of Mike and Ike's. Right, 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 right. Do you get first crack at the food that has been left from the theater? That well, that's what I'm saying. Normally they would throw that out, but I think that movie theaters got to be looking to save every penny they can and part of that should be don't throw away the half box of mike and ike's use it for your glutton's reward club entice people to buy new food by also giving them the older food so you're and I'm walking not talking out. about like you know i think you've got to do mike and ike's you got to do popcorn you got to do things that are uh, where someone's not biting, you know, I, we can't give away half hot dogs. It's, that would be silly. That's the kind of thing that's like a, an obvious joke that, you know, a, a comedian would say at an at a outdoor comedy club. You know, that's not a real suggestion, but... And that's how things like COVID get started. Exactly. But if you're talking like a box of candy, you could give away a half-eaten box of candy for your gluttons club at your movie theater. And you know what you do here... This is what you do as the, as the, as the theater and as the candy producers. Mm-hmm. You individually wrap these candies now. So every yes. Mike and Ike is individually wrapped. That's a great idea. So therefore, you know, it gives you something to do. Yep. Everybody's looking for something to do with their hands. Right. And then that way you throw that on the ground those are protected and you can give those to somebody else. Exactly. Exactly. And, and juji fruits, like I'm a big juji fruit guy. You know this about me. I hate one of your big tells. Yeah. I I hate my molars. I'm Mm -hmm. actively, uh, fighting a battle against my molars with these candies that I like. They're put in against your will. Yeah. And I would love if it was a surprise where I would open one, and it's like, oh, it's green, it's mint. Or open mm-hmm. one, and it's black, black mm-hmm. licorice, my fave. Mm-hmm. And it's like always excitement. When you open that box, and you can see all of them, and you put them all in your hand, that's not fun, because then you're just picking the ones you want. It should be like a surprise every time. Right, right. And that, this way, they don't get stuck together also. They don't get stuck together. There's so many good things about this. Then you can hike up the price. Yep, yep, because you're paying for the plastic, and you set, you mark up the cost of those plastics. And then you do individual popped kernels, like those big—you know how you would pop Jiffy Pop in those big mm-hmm. foil things? You mm-hmm. could pop individual kernels in small Jiffy Pop things. Right. Pour those in a bag, and then you're just opening these Jiffy Pop bags for one piece. And how warm and satisfying would that piece of popcorn be? Oh, it would be great. 
you that's why you wouldn't need as many and you would be able to donate leftovers to the gluttons club so yeah these are great great suggestions but it does start with it starts with box office mojo getting their act together calling all of these theaters and getting us the concession stand numbers we want to know how much food is sold per movie and that should be what we look at every weekend yes agreed number five Mm-hmm. Elf. Three hundred and twenty thousand dollars in five hundred and fifty theaters. It's made a million in its re-release. It's been out for four weeks. Finally cracked the top five. Mm-hmm. What is there to say about this? It's a perennial favorite, as you can see. Like, I mean, it's not doing gangbusters, but it's pretty close to all my life. So these catalog films can do well, and it actually has done better in weeks previous mm-hmm. box office wise the competition has just been stiffer yeah i mean and and i think the thing to say about this is number five of the box office this might be as high as we maybe ever see will ferrell get again in the box office because sadly true right i mean it seems like he is resigned to being a streaming star and Eurovision on Netflix was one of his bigger buzzy movies that he's had in a long time people really liked it a lot of people watched it you would think but that might be where he is so Elf's re-release might be the last time we ever see Will Ferrell in a top five of the movie theater sad sad but true sad if true Sad if true. Huge if sad. So real quick, and we don't normally do this, but we got to talk about number six real fast because The War with Grandpa drops from number three all the way down to six, drops Mm -hmm. 46.7%, made $315,000, right? So Mm -hmm. pretty close to Elf. It's still in 1,285 theaters, made 17.6 mil, they were saying this thing was going to reach 20. It ain't reaching 20. It ain't reaching 20 unless there's some kind of big Christmas miracle. You know, and 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 by God, if there was ever a year that deserved a Christmas miracle, it's 2020. And maybe that Christmas miracle is the war with Grandpa getting last minute a lot of new theaters right before Christmas and getting itself to 20 mil. That I mean, that would be... In a dreary year, in a year that we have gone through more than we ever should, War with Grandpa getting to twenty million would at least be something to hang our hats on this year. Mm-hmm. You know, twenty mil for twenty twenty. Yes, the War with Grandpa. That should be the campaign. They should start rolling it out now. Yep. What's surprising about this 2020, is that twenty 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 mil. Yeah. Hmm. The best way, like, we come up with the idea that ad people take care of where the 20s go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It did not get Crude's runoff, which was my theory, is that people would go see Crude's. They're so excited to be back in the theater. They see a poster or a standee, right. or a standee was sitting next to them for distancing right. purposes at the Crude's. They see War with Grandpa. They say, you know what? Let's either see another movie right now or 
let's come back next week. Now, here's the thing. Mm -hmm. What I think happened was there might have been some people sneaking from the Croods into the war with Grandpa because they thought, we're already here. The theaters are kind of empty. Let's just all go to the war with Grandpa because we're excited to see it. And we love being in the theater. But you never know what's going to happen next week. So let's see it now. And let's not pay. And that That, could have been, I think that could have been the mm -hmm. crude, crude sneakers. Yes. I mean, that is something. And we have, just when you think we've talked about the movie and box office business from every angle this year, we find another angle that we have not even covered yet. And the sneakers is something we have not really talked much about during the pandemic, if at all. No. Which is, there are still people sneaking into multiple movies in one day. You know, Mm -hmm. just because the pandemic is happening and box office is down, it doesn't mean that sneaking has gone away. If anything, the hardcore audience, the people that are still going to the movie theaters this year... Those are going to be the people who probably were the most likely movie sneakers before this. You know, these are the ones who, like, they can't get enough of movies. They go see movies, or even during a pandemic, even when, you know, you might be going into a movie, a Code Orange Crush, where you're putting your life in your hands. Those are the people who are going to see multiple movies in one day. Yeah. We were these people at one time. We were these people. We thought we were. We thought we were the hardcores. And the fact that we have not been in a movie theater uh, during this pandemic, it shows we are not hardcore. They are hardcore. And how frightening the hardcore people are because we are frightening. Right, right. But you know what? And again, we don't... Well, I mean, we don't have the theater count in front of us but we do know what's closed obviously new york la all these movie theaters are closed these are the plain billies these are the stacks dwellers these are the earth dogs they're the ones seeing all these movies keeping the movie theater business alive and there it turns out they are the sneakers yeah plain billies are the sneakers I feel like the war with grandpa and we have to get to hbo max but we have to we have to but it turned out that this top uh, top five was more explosive than we even ever imagined. Yes. I feel like this must be coming to PVOD very soon. Mm-hmm. And there must be ads happening in places that we don't see them because right. I think families are thinking, okay, war with grandpa, you know, we can see this at home. Let's not go to the theater. Or if we're going to go to the theater, we're going to see the crudes. I think there's something going on here because it's still in a lot of theaters. The screen average is not good. Mm -hmm. And this movie was so, did such Bafa Bobo that there must be something. And we, I'll look into this for next week because we've got to get to HBO Max. Let's see what happened. What, how did the war with grandpa hit a wall when the expectation Mm -hmm. was that it was going to get over that $20 million wall? Right, right. I mean, sometimes wars end. Whether you want them to or not. Yeah, I. but when a war's good for business, it's sad to see it end. Right, 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 right. Yeah, the, the industrial war complex you would have thought would have kept the war with Grandpa alive a bit longer. I mean, listen, it's not dead yet. Grandpa's not dead. The war continues, but 
hitting 20 mil is going to take a Christmas miracle. Yes. So let's get to it, Pat. Let's talk about oh the fallout God. of all their good intentions, HBO Max. And do you want to just start with this? Guess who chimed in? Oh, my God. The dead horse is back. The dead we horse we speaks. We beaten this dead horse, and the dead horse is like, more. Beat me more. I speak now. <laughs> a when a dead, dead horse, horse speaks. When a dead horse speaks, his name is, of course... Christopher Nolan, who is ripshit. Is there any other way to put it? Chris, uh, Christopher Nolan is ripshit at Warner Media for putting their entire 2021 slate onto HBO Max and theaters day and date. But, I mean, it kills the theater uh, business for these movies. Yeah. So, can I read this quote? Yeah, n- yeah, yeah, you must. So this is Christopher Nolan in an interview with Hollywood Reporter about the Warner Brothers HBO Max kerfluffle. He says, this, again, this is a quote from Christopher Nolan. Some of our industry's biggest filmmakers and most important movie stars went to bed the night before thinking they were working for the greatest movie studio and woke up to find out that they were working for the worst streaming service. That is filmmaker Christopher Nolan, director of Tenant, the bomb that killed the theatrical business this year. Wow. Calling it the worst streaming service. The worst. Stre- this is out of control. Yeah. This this has spiraled to a place that I did not imagine. Here's one more thing from Nolan. Uh, Warner Brothers had an incredible machine for getting a filmmaker's work out everywhere, both in theaters and at home. They are dismantling it as we speak. They don't even understand what they're losing. Their decision makes no economic sense, and even the most casual Wall Street investor can see the difference between disruption and dysfunction. Clayton, I have never seen a filmmaker take not just a movie studio, but this is Nolan's home studio. This is where he has made all of his movies for what? The last 10, 15 years. Yeah, absolutely. The majority of his career has been making movies for Warner brothers. I mean, any, any of his movies that were worth a shit, at least, you know, all of his big movies were all financed by Warner brothers. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that's been his home, his home. And he burnt his home to the ground. Once again, he called Warner Media, Warner Brothers, HBO Max. He called it the worst streaming service. Has Christopher Nolan ever heard of Crackle? That well, is that is something that was the logical follow up from the Hollywood Reporter that they didn't ask. Yeah, have you heard of Crackle? And even Tubi, I mean, you know, you know, I would say that HBO Max beats out Tubi at this point. Yes, HBO. I mean, listen, we we as far as fans like HBO Max. I don't think that the uh, decision to blow up their theatrical was smart, but like HBO Max is not the worst streaming service by any means. And again, Christopher Nolan, you've got to you've got to check out Crackle before you start ranking your streaming services. But he's too. He's he's you know what he uh he does the the Criterion uh channel right and that's probably it 
Right, right. So he doesn't know that Crackle is a streaming service, and not to get derailed here, but Christopher Nolan, Rob Riggle's Ski Master Academy is one of the uh, premier shows on Crackle. Yeah, so you've got to get your facts straight, buddy. Yeah. And also, I was trying to come up with an analogy for what this is like when somebody who destroys something then then like yells at the people that helped like god what is it like the people that allowed you to destroy it now you're turning your back on them and calling them out yes yes and i was trying to think of an analogy this whole time and i can't this is how flummoxed i am by what he's doing and how unprecedented this is and just one one more thing, Christopher Nolan, before you call HBO Max the worst screaming service, have you ever seen Starving, starring David Faustino, which was one of the shows that launched Crackle in January of 2009? So. I mean, probably not. Probably not. Okay, so let's dig into what is really going on here. I mean, obviously, Nolan is shot out of a cannon. He's out of control. He may have loosened his tie before this interview. Jacket stayed on, I think, but, you know, it was, it was, he unbuttoned it. The problem here with this whole situation is that Nolan is correct in some of the things he's saying, but he has no right to talk. He is because you look at what he's saying, and maybe he's never watched. Crackle programming, but I'm starting to feel like there's a chance he's listened to the B.O. boys because he's echoing us and especially me when you look at some of these quotes. They don't even understand what they're doing. I mean, that's me. Uh, I, I talked about how I didn't realize uh, Warner Media was run by idiots. Mm-hmm. And, uh, their decision makes no economic sense. I mean, that is straight B.O. boys last week. You know, Nolan yeah. is, uh, I'll, I'll listen, he's cribbing from us at best. Well, here's the thing that's, that's flummoxing about their, I mean, there's so many things about this decision. Mm-hmm. But we're coming to find out they didn't even run this pie, the production companies that help pay for some of these movies. Yep. And so legendary, mm-hmm. legendary is probably going to sue them over Godzilla versus Kong, right? And they have every right to, I would assume. Oh, this is a. They are going to, you know, get destroyed in court because you know movies like this. There are points given all over the place. Stars got points. Co-stars got points, production companies got points, directors get points, writers get points, cinematographers probably don't get points. It probably mm-hmm. stops at that level, but that's a lot of points there. And forget produce. I mean, producers got points all over the place. You know, you got funny money coming in, financing these movies from all over the world, and they all got points. Yeah. And those points are based on Obviously, theatrical box office is the big one. That's where you're getting most of your points. But then also, you make money on these movies by selling them to streaming, to cable companies, 
to PVOD. And Warner Media putting all of their movies straight to HBO Max, that is that is basically not just killing all of the theatrical box office and the points that those people could have got. That's also taking away the sales that should have been made to other streamers and to PVOD. You know, you can't just put it on your own service and give it to HBO Max for free. You know, that is not the way this is usually done. That's why you see movie studios have movies on streaming services that they don't own because they get paid to put stuff on Netflix or to put stuff on Showtime or, you know, all these other cable channels. Yeah, it's all these ancillary downstream Mm -hmm. things that bring in more money that, yeah, you're cutting those off too. Yeah. Which if you don't have theatrical, that's one thing. But if you then muddy the waters when it comes to PVOD or like you said, Netflix putting out some money for one of these, you know, and and the thing is, there is there was talk that, you know, Warner Brothers wasn't excited about their slate and they thought, okay, well, we don't think we're going to get a lot of money for these elsewhere. So let's just keep them home and do all this stuff. But who did he talk to? I feel like that's the thing. They just made this decision to make a splash. And now we're probably not going to see half these movies on HBO Max. Oh, I, I think, yeah, we talked about last week how, you know, they made this big announcement and God knows if it would end up happening. I, it's starting to be clear now because once you start hearing threats of lawsuits, things are going to change. And there's no way one company can handle the amount of potential lawsuits that are coming their way from all these different people who have points on all these different movies. So it's too many points. It's too many points. So and they every just points is a lawsuit. They over offered and they are going to under deliver, which is the oh. worst thing you can do for a streaming service. Oh, this is a potential disaster. So the other thing that we're seeing come out in this Hollywood reporter accounting is that they made some deals with some of the players who have points on some of the initial movies that they were planning to, you know, go straight to HBO Max with. So they, for Wonder Woman 1984, they made deals preemptively with Gal Gadot and with Patty Jenkins and some of the other people who have points on that movie. They gave them, just backed up the money truck, paid them off early, so they're not going to sue. But then they just put the rest of this 2021 slate on HBO Max and they didn't do that for any of the other movies. What did they think that they were just going to do that when the time came? I don't know. Or they thought Keanu Reeves would just not care. I mean, listen, Keanu Reeves, by all accounts, is the nicest, most laid-back guy in Hollywood. But when he gets his points, when he gets his points, you're putting Matrix Four straight to HBO Max. This guy was done with the Matrix, moved on, new franchise, new franchise don't care, comes back to the Matrix, not just, you know, to be laid back and say, whoa, he came back for points. 
And by God, Keanu Reeves, I guarantee you, will take Warner Brothers' asses to court to get his points on Matrix 4. Oh, he's going to Baba Yago, this this Warner Media head. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking he's back. Oh, I think he does a John Wick without a pre-John Wick 4. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm thinking Keanu Reeves is back in court. Yeah. So, so that is, is definitely going to happen. That's the thing is that we were so shocked by the initial news because of theatrical, all those things. And we, we were dumb not to think about lawyers. Right, right. I mean, we, we did mention, let's not pretend that we, we were blindsided by this. We did mention that there were going to be movie stars, people with points who, how is this going to play out? You know, we put the seeds out there last week. Um, but it just, it's blown up so quickly and it, I mean, listen, Nolan was correct. He's not the guy who has the position to really be taken seriously right now after the failure of Tenet, but he was correct when he said these executives, they don't know what they just did. And I think it is clear that Warner Meteor CEO, Jason Kyler did not know what the fuck he was doing last week. Well, he's he's sacrificial. He's going to be gone. When this all blows up, he's done. He's toast. He's done. I mean, we were talking last week. And go back. Listen to it. If you have not somehow not listened to last week's uh, emergency episode on the Warner Media decision, you got to listen to it. We talked about how it was going to be French Revolution time for Jason Kyler. It was guillotine time in Hollywood for Jason Kyler. I thought maybe he he wouldn't touch the blade until, you know, spring, maybe next summer. That's when he gets dragged out and he's he's touching the blade. Jason Kyler is going to be putting the guillotine by all these uh, movie stars and these producers maybe before Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. His his uh, someone's going to get a box. Mm-hmm. A seven, a seven inspired box in the mail. Yep. yep. And it might be Timothy Chalamet bringing that box over because he ain't getting his points for Dune. And that was going to be his big breakout. Yep. Yep. It's, it's, I mean, it's weird because we were talking earlier about the universal thing and how everybody was pushing against it. And now it seems so conservative. Yeah. That window seems so conservative. That's the thing is that I think we're all hysterical right now. Everybody's going one extreme to the other. What we're going to actually find with this is that there is going to be some middle ground. I think if HBO Max would have been a little bit more conservative and said, here's what we're going to do. Theatrical, then the 17-day window, and then then these movies will go to our streamer yes and then they pay the difference that they would have for the pvod or you know what have it on the streamer and pvod for the people who don't want to do hbo max i think that i that makes sense to me yes i think with that plan you cut out pvod completely and the uh the carrot for people to order hbo max is that three weekends after a big movie comes out it drops on hbo max that is such a good plan, and it is still the type of plan that you could promote 
HBO Max around because it's unprecedented. I mean, people's uh, 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 not, you know, you're used to from decades of HBO and cable uh, subscriptions. You're used to big theatrical movies dropping on cable, you know, almost a year after it's in theaters. So if HBO Max was to promote itself as being all the Warner Brothers movies would be on HBO Max 17 days after they come out in theaters, that's a big deal. And that would have been enough because you could have got... And listen, that's the way most movies make all their money the first couple of weekends anyway. That's why the universal 17-day window is so brilliant. Because you're going to make your big money on the first few weekends of Matrix 4, and then it's on HBO. That would have been a smart move. And it'll still play in theaters because we're looking at these universal films that are still in the top 10, even though they've been on PVOD for two to three weeks. And a film like Dune, when people are going to want to see that in the theater, despite it being at home. So you, you, that's a big hit, which I, it's actually on my bombs list. And now I guess we'll never know. Our bombs list are just shot to hell because Godzilla versus Kong was on my bombs list as well. Mm-hmm. One of the many casualties of COVID is our bombs lists are just irrelevant like, now. Irrelevant, which sucks because it was our favorite episode of the year was our bomb mm-hmm. list episode. Mm-hmm. So something like Dune is going to be majestic on a big screen. People will do the quote unquote right thing and see that movie in all its grandeur. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you'll be able to see it on HBO Max. But if, if, if we're in a, a time where people are more safe or feel more safe to go to the theater, they're going to pack them in. Mm-hmm. And so you're still going to get that theatrical. And then there will be the people who say, you know what, I'll just watch it at home. But you're still going to get a big return because people want to go to the movies, especially when it's safe. So I, I, I just do feel like this whole thing is just kind of, it, it was wrongheaded. They wanted to make a splash they didn't cover their ass. You gotta cover your ass. You gotta cover your ass. I mean, I think that you got a guy like Jason Kyler who doesn't know the business. All he knows is disruption. You know, that's the that's the that's the only word that a lot of people of this generation know is disruption. Disruption. We gotta disrupt things. We gotta make noise. And listen. You know what makes a lot of noise is a loud fart makes a lot of noise. But and it, it disrupts. ain't a business plan. It disrupts. It disrupts an elevator. It makes a noise. But it doesn't accomplish anything. And I think someone like Jason Kyler, CEO of Warner Media, that's all he knows how to do. He came out of business school, and all he knows how to do is, is make a loud fart in an elevator. Blow hot air. This is hot yep. air. Yep. Yep. Not uh, yeah, the podcast, it's, hot air. Yeah, it's it's really dumb. We're going to see these lawsuits piling up. Now, as a consumer, mm-hmm. we were excited about this move just because, again, we want to see movies. We want to see these big movies. We have HBO Max. Yes. But now, as a consumer, I'm thinking, so you promised me these movies and it's not going to happen? Mm-hmm. Screw you, HBO Max. Yep. You are going to get a lot of spite uh, cancellations. Yeah. 
I mean, not us, because I got to have access to girls. Yes, you've got to have the complete series there. Yeah, just in case I want to watch it. Sopranos, Girls, The Biggies, you got to have yep. them at your fingertips. If you're yep. a cultural cultural elite, those are those are two ones you need. Well, that's the thing, though, is we're coastal elites. We're not earth dogs. We're not stacks dwellers. We're not plain billies. The plain billies, once you take away the promise of Suicide Squad from them... They're, even if they already had HBO Max, they're canceling out of spite now. And oh, absolutely. And I can't blame them. I can't blame them. No. I wouldn't blame them either. I mean, if this blows up in court, what Warner Media is going to have is a streaming service that people are mad at, that people are canceling out of spite, and you're going to have then a slate of theatrical movies that had already been devalued to be streaming movies. So then you're going to find yourself putting Godzilla versus Kong out in theaters only because you lost your lawsuit to the guy who, I don't know, is the Godzilla puppet. I don't know. You, the producers of Godzilla win the lawsuit. That goes out into theaters. And now people look at that movie as a streamer because Warner Media told us it was a streamer. Yeah, and I'm I'm gonna say real quick for this for this lawsuit if if Godzilla versus Kong versus Warner Brothers Media goes to court, mm-hmm. you still gotta hide Godzilla because he doesn't right. make any money at the theater anymore. People are not Kong is the is the money maker. You put Kong on the stand, right? You pretend Godzilla had you know you know he had to renew his license or something, right? Right. Or you just have him show up at the very end of the trial. But he can't be sitting there the whole time. You know, this is gonna be like for the lawyers, yeah. Yeah, who cares about this IP? Right. Um yeah, you can't bring Godzilla before the judge at the beginning of the trial because he'll he'll just he'll laugh it off. He'll be so it, bored by Godzilla. Yeah. Kong is the uh, moneymaker here. Kong has the most to lose here. Mm-hmm. Godzilla's already a streamo boy at this point. Right. I mean, let's be honest. Kong has all the points. Yeah. Um, well, the other thing that is the big piece of this fallout is, you know, Hollywood Reporter and everyone are reporting that, you know, Nolan is shot out of a cannon. He's furious at Warner Brothers. He's burning that bridge. But it's not just him. You know, not just the lawsuits, but... Warner Media now becomes the place that people are not going to want to work. Yes. These big name filmmakers and big name stars are so blindsided by this and so burnt by this. Warner Media is going to have a hard time getting them to make movies there anymore. Did did you receive any sort of communication from your friend from way back Todd Phillips? Has he texted you? Not my friend from way back, but... Because he sent you a Snapchat. Well, he's a... He's someone who, you know, and and this has been talked about, if this is a year ago, you know, the pandemic, all of this is a year ago, HBO makes the same decision. Joker is a movie that ends up never being theatrical only. 
It goes to streaming, goes to HBO. Wow. That's a movie that made over a billion dollars worldwide. Billion dollar baby. A billion dollar baby. So that's the type of thing we're looking at here. And in that situation, you know Todd Phillips is done with Warner Brothers. You know, yeah. so you look at some of the movies that they're doing this to in 2021. You got Denise Villeneuve directed Dune. Uh, word on the street is that he is feeling burned because he felt that the big screen release was essential for his movie. I agree. You got John Chu, who uh, directed the In the Heights uh, musical movie. Yeah. Him and Lin-Manuel Miranda. They could have sold this right off the bat to Netflix for huge money. Yes, that's the big thing. Yep, and they passed on that because they wanted to work with Warner Brothers. They wanted this in the theaters. And now it's going to get a bootleg HBO Max premiere rather than, you know, Netflix at least knows how to make their streaming movies feel like big deals. Yeah, because remember when we were talking a couple of weeks ago about Godzilla vs. Kong possibly getting sold to Netflix for $200 million? Mm-hmm. That money right. is off the table. Well, that, and that's it. That's the reason why you can't just hand one of your movies over to another arm of your company. Because in the past, you would sell that product somewhere else. Like, there have been lawsuits in Hollywood over this exact type of thing. You know, the the big one I can remember offhand is the stars of the X-Files sued Fox because Fox would give X-Files syndication to their Fox stations rather than try and sell it to other syndicators, you know, to other TV stations. So they would basically devalue the product and all the people who had points on that, the creator of the show, the stars of the show, they sued and they won. Yeah. So you cannot do this. You can't just give your product for free to a subsidiary when there are other people who make money off the profits of it. So not only is HBO Max going to lose money because of dumping all of these, I'm not HBO Max, I mean Warner Brothers, the parent company, they're mm. going to lose money dumping all these. They're also going to eat it hard with settlements. Eat it hard with settlements. And then these people are going to settle. And listen, once people get their money you know, that smooths over a lot of things. But for They'll a lot of it. people, yeah. But for a lot of people, a lot of big filmmakers, a lot of stars, they're not going to jump to work with Warner Brothers again. Well, that's the big thing. I feel like the Nolan situation is him breaking up with them before they can break up with him because yes. Tenet was such a colossal bomb and destructive force that good luck getting that kind of money post-pandemic for your next whim. Unless it's a a new, uh, he's going to go back to having to do superhero movies, this guy now. Well, the thing is. Nolan's Punisher, wait for it. Right. It's going to be grim. Um, Yeah. That's the big twist, is it's a dark version of the Punisher. Yeah. So, I think, though, this works out really well for Nolan because he changes the narrative. Instead of being 
the guy who just directed Tenant, which bombed in the theaters, which, you know, killed the theatrical business. He now is Christopher Nolan, the guy who stood up to Warner Brothers, who screamed first. He's the one who yelled first. And I think that then becomes the narrative. And that gets Tenant pushed into the darkness, which is a smart move. Yeah, I mean, it's a canny move. I'm not saying it's not canny. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, but it's it's weird because it's so transparent, yet effective. It's transparent to us. It's transparent to the B.O. boys, but it might not be transparent to the rest of the population. Yeah, just know Nolan was getting broken up with. Yes. So take what he says with a grain of salt, even if there is truth to it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is huge. I mean, listen, we're, we're the B.O. boys. Sometimes we have to come the stream-O boys. You know, we we might end up being the, the lawsuit boys over this next year because there's going to be a lot of big lawsuits to cover. We might be going over affidavits. We might be going on smokinggun.com. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. We, yep. We, 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 all aspects, all aspects. Yeah, because, yeah, I mean, lawsuits are B.O. in 2021. <laughs> that's so That's so true. Box Office Mojo, you're going to add that average snack purchase mm-hmm. list and then um, settlement money for these. Yep. You got to yep. add how much they made in court to the B.O. Yep, yep. And, and the thing is, the bigger this it used to be, the bigger the star, the bigger their B.O., I'd say next year, the bigger the star, the bigger their settlement. That's how we'll know. You know, I mean, if Timothy Chalamet ends up with a Dune settlement that's close to what Keanu Reeves gets for Matrix 4, Timothy Chalamet might be a movie star. Yeah, like, settlements could be the new tequila company. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. You plug your settlement on your Instagram. Well, well, no, also... Well, that's where you make your billion dollars. That's where you make your billion dollars. Right, right, right. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I'm very curious to see which movie stars uh, get big settlements from Warner Brothers next year. Yeah. Well, Big Willie's got a movie in that. Mm Mm-hmm. We'll see how, if his settlement lives up to his box office that he had this year. Number one box office star domestically, because Bad Boys for Life, number one movie. Wow. We got to talk about that coming up. You know what's coming up. Our year-end review? Year-end review. Got to do it. We got to do it. We got to do it, and we'll talk about the top 10 domestic grocers. Mm -hmm. We're going to talk about the heroes of the pandemic. Yep. I mean, we mentioned one already, Russell Crowe. He's definitely going to be in the conversation. Mm -hmm. But So look out for that. That's going to be in the next few weeks. Yeah. Very exciting. There's always something to look forward to. You got year-end reviews. You got uh, uh, court coverage. In you got indi- individually wrapped popcorn kernels. Right, right. I mean, we'll cover those if they happen. We obviously are not going to be the manufacturers of them, but if if they start to become manufactured, we will be on the scene. Talk about a settlement because we came up with that first. Oh, yeah. We got points on those individually wrapped goobers. Oh. 
All right, Pat. Well, we did it, definitely. Oh, of course. Where can they find us? Listen, email us at theboboyspodcast at gmail.com. If you are someone who works in the legal system and may in fact be working, whether it's as a, as a, a, a clerk to a, a, a judge, whether as a judge yourself, if you are going to be working on one of these settlement cases for Warner Brothers, for the big movie stars, for the people who have points, send us an email at the Podcast at gmail.com. Let us know some of the confidential information that you're hearing. We'll protect you. We won't use your name, huh? We'll use, you know, a pseudonym, huh? Huh. But just email us at theboboyspodcast at gmail.com. Let us know some inside information on these pending court cases for Warner Brothers. And we'll let you choose your pseudonym. Yes, yes. Whatever you sign in the email, we'll use that. So if you sign your own name, that's on you. Just yeah. sign a pseudonym, and then we know what to use. Don't make us come up with something. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say that was it was more of us not wanting to have to come up with something. Yeah, we shouldn't have to. That's on you. Um, and of course, if you're just a want to be a boy, want to be a girl, want to be a person that wants to get your comments onto this show, leave a five star review on Apple Podcasts, and whatever you leave in the text of that review, we will read on air. As always, a great way to get manifestos out into the world. Five star review for the Bo Boys on Apple Podcasts. Yeah, with in such a crowded media landscape. There's no better way than mm. a review on yeah. a podcast to get those manifestos yeah. out. Yeah. So remember that Patreon. Yeah, there's been no stimulus. People are scraping just to buy gifts for their loved ones. We are not asking you for money right now. Okay. No. We don't do this for money. We do this. We, I don't. I mean, there's a lot of reasons we do this. So what? We can't get into that. But not any of them is money. Mm -hmm. So we're not doing Patreon right now. But we'd like to shout out our buddy, Jake Vogelnest, who's doing some real good stuff at his Patreon. Pat, you you know firsthand. You you spend a lot of time, and I'm saying yeah. a lot of time, at the Jake Vogelnest uh, Patreon. Yeah, it's – I mean, I guess you could say it's a lot of time. I've been spending, you know uh, – the majority of, of my free time over at Jake Vogelness's Patreon. And it's just, I mean, it's time well spent because it is just such a cool, fun, safe, you know, and I, I, I've, I've been stressing that because that is very important these days. It's a safe place to be in these pandemic times is Jake Vogelness's Patreon because it is just a community there that looks out for each other and all has a shared love of Squirt TV episodes, Squirt TV clips. You know, you get the episodes and you also get the clips on Jake Foldenness's Patreon, but you also get commentaries and anecdotes about Squirt TV right from Jake Foldenness himself. So he's telling you about the time he had all the members of the state in his bedroom on Squirt TV behind the scenes about that, how we pulled it off, what his memories are. You know, he's also 
giving you thoughts about songs that he likes. You know, so he'll he'll give you song recommendations over at Jake Volganess's Patreon. You could reach out to him and ask him what he thinks about a song, if he's heard it or not, what his memories are. You know, so not so much modern songs, but but you know, songs from the nineties. That's what he's talking about over there. And I'm loving it, you know, because I'm a you know, I'm a I'm a child of that era. So that's where I want to spend my time. And again, it's dangerous outside, but it is safe over at Jake Folness's Patreon. So it's just a lot of cool stuff is happening. A lot of really interesting, fun, safe stuff is happening there. Yeah, I mean I can I can vouch for Pat. He spends a, a good amount of his time over there. Uh, mm-hmm. to the point where I got a text from, from your wife the other night, and she said, Has you, have you seen Pat? And I texted back, have you checked the Jake Fulconist Patreon? And right. she just sent well, back a, a, an eye roll emoji. But she does that. I mean, that's just like a thing that she sends me. It's like yeah, our funny you, thing. Right. You guys are, are friends, so I don't think uh, that's out of the ordinary that she would send back like an eye roll emoji. It doesn't actually you know it it doesn't i don't think there's any kind of commentary there you know about anything i'm doing because all i'm doing is spending a lot of my time some would say the majority but you know time these days it kind of doesn't matter you know so it's uh, some amount of time over at the jake fulgness patreon which is only a good thing and it's only a thing that you know i would imagine she's happy about yeah, I mean, some people would would point to moderation as a good thing, as everything in moderation being good. But again, it's you know, it's it's hard. Everybody copes the way they're going to cope. Yeah, and it's not you know, listen, it's not about coping. It is about just wanting to have a really safe place to experience interesting content, to experience squirt tv clips and and anecdotes about the making of squirt tv you know so that's why i'm at the jake volganess patreon and you know i'm encouraging wannabe old boys wannabe old girls wannabe old people to just join me over there it's a great community be be part of it well it and just to say there's no cultish aspects to it at all right no, I mean, there is a um, only in the sense that there is a sense of real community and togetherness and really finding yourself in a place and finding where you always should have been. I think that's one of the great things about the Jake Fulgoness Patreon is you figure out where you were always meant to be. So I think be part of that. Yeah, so definitely check that out. And um, Pat, until next time, we'll we'll smell you at the box office. Nailed. Nailed.